0: Tiger fans, welcome to episode 32 of the official Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club podcast, bringing you all the latest news, updates, and buzz surrounding your mighty JSU Tigers. I'm your host, the Corey C., along with Charles Bishop. Be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. Apple users, rate and review the show, and everyone, follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook. And Tiger Talk fourteen hundred on Twitter. It all helps the cause, which is the I love Jackson State University. I'm joined today by the founding members of the fourteen hundred club: Greg, Thaddeus, and Cedric, fellas. What's up? Hey, how,
1: you how, you doing?
2: how you doing?
0: All right, doing well, doing well. Everyone being safe
1: out there and wearing your mask and washing your hands for at least twenty seconds. COVID-free over here.
3: We got to make sure we're good and healthy for that football season. Fall 2020, baby.
1: Man, get ready. (laughs) I want to thank you, fellas, for coming on. Obviously, you know, with with the the 1400 Club, with the podcast being affiliated with the 1400 Club, I personally get a lot of questions about – Who's the 1400 Club? What's the 1400 Club? I get tired of answering that question. Uh, So I wanted to bring you fellas along to introduce uh, the fans to the 1400 Club, those who aren't quite familiar with what it is, what it stands for, the direction and things of that nature. So I know a lot of people are going to be looking forward to to hearing this uh, show. But first I just want to uh, learn a little bit about you guys individually. How and when did you guys first fall in love with Jackson State and specifically JSU Athletics?
3: Well, first of all, guys, thanks for having us here, for having me. This is Cedric Walker, JSU class of 2008. Uh, Man, I can go on and on about when I fell in love with JSU, but uh, I'll try to keep it short and sweet because I know we guys got uh, probably some other things to do. But my love for Jack State is a little different. I know a lot of people probably may say maybe the boom or football, but my love for Jack State actually fell in love in basketball. Uh, I remember being a little kid, about five or six, going to the games at the AAC. And I remember those wooden bleachers. And um, I always remember my dad used to always take me to the game because my dad was working on his master's in Ph.D. at Jackson State at the time. So after he used to get done with his class or studying, he would take me over to the AAC. While he was studying, I used to play around in the hall, see and if Roberts, uh, play on the, on the old plaza, those old trees and everything. <laughs> but I used to always – during halftime, if you guys are from Jackson and you was in Jackson in the late 80s, early 90s, you remember between halftime of the men's and women's game, little kids used to run on the court and play and do stuff mm-hmm. like that. Nine <laughs> times out of 10, that was me. I was one of those little kids. And what? And this is the one thing I remember. I remember the men's basketball team. I thought this was so cool as a little kid. They how they used to run out the locker room from the corner where a concession stand. They used to be in a straight line, did the high fives. I was like, man, that's so cool. I want to do that. And then I remember they used to go back in the locker room and come back out in the shorts and the shoe shirt. I was like, man, that's cool. They changed clothes. So as a little kid, I was fascinated. I was fascinated by that. And then as time progressed, I finally I went to the football games, fell in love with the, with the uh, football team. I remember being a little kid, seeing the boom and the Christmas parade. Uh, I got to middle school, me and my boy Greg. We used to do drum major routines together. And uh, it kind of fostered from there. And then uh, I had the opportunity uh, I did start off with Jackson State, but I had the opportunity to come back home, graduate, class of 2008, and that's just been, I just, I, I really just love Jackson State, and that's kind of where my passion fell, um, just being a little kid growing up in Jackson.
1: All right, good stuff, man. So this is Reed, class of 2007.
2: I would say, you know, I when somebody thinks about Jackson State, that's that's initially what a person probably says, oh, that's Thad Reed right there. Cause I literally mm-hmm. was born on campus, um, you know, from and being the baby tiger. My mom taught there for 37 years. Uh, she was, she actually had a chance to, uh, kudos to uh, former AD Walter Reed. She gave him gave her the opportunity to be on the NCAA committee. So we traveled across the country on behalf of Jackson State, and I got a chance to. You know, I'd be the bat boy for the baseball team. I was the ball boy for the football team. Ball boy for basketball. So I I got a chance to see a lot of great athletes uh, during the time of the you know early '80s, late '90s. Uh, just being a being a part of that that whole camaraderie and those glory days. Um, I was actually the first baby tiger too, um, and a lot of people prided ah. on. A lot of people probably don't realize this. I was, I was actually scared of, uh, you know, the late great Wavy Dave when he had his uh, mask on. You know, we would the old tiger uniform. The old tiger <laughs> uniform. I, you know, and it's crazy enough now. My two sons, they love the masked singer, but you know, when, when the tiger, or any, any. Uh, animal that they see from a sports game, they, they scared us out just like I was back in the day. But, you know, when you think about all the opportunities that I had on campus, um, you know, just, just being around the school and graduating there, and, uh, the opportunities are endless. I wouldn't be where I'm at today if it wasn't for Jackson State. And so that's, you know, I, I try to do everything that I can to make sure that I show that true love. Mm-hmm. All right. Man,
4: that's awesome. Um, well, my experience with Jackson State University, it started, I would have to say, in about 89, 90. My mom, my mom, my grandma, and my dad, we used to all go to the games. So we used to go to the games. We see the football team come out. They had their red shirts on, had the red face mask, yellow mouthpiece. Everybody had spats. They had the white spats, and then they had the red spats because they spray painted those. Um so I remember that, I remember the boom coming in and the nineteen ninety Motown band, I was like in awe. When I saw Daryl Shaw and and, and all of them do do the drum major routine coming in coming into the um um coming into the auditorium in LA in Hollywood, I was like, Oh my gosh. And then it just grew from there and I and I would have like summer programs at Jackson State. My mom, my mom, pretty much kept me at Jackson State over the summer, like summer art programs and and just math programs and things like that. And getting to middle school and and said is right, like me and him, we used to do like drum major teams and all this stuff. Like like we were just engulfed with Jackson State. So I pretty much knew that that was the place that I wanted to go to. Um, and I just I just fell in love with the school and. And hopefully my kid will go there one day, too.
2: Guys, it sounds very yeah, much, and I think, man, Greg, sure. you touched on it. Greg, I think you touched on it. It sounds like from a very early age, all you guys were very engulfed with everything that was Jackson State. Would you say that's a pretty much mm-hmm. a true statement?
4: Yeah, very true, very true. That's very. that's all
3: we, we thought about was Jackson State University. And it's so and, funny and say, that now, and now our kids are the same way. Like my son – March around the house like all the time. Uh, he marched around the house. He say when he see the block logo, he said, daddy, that's Jackson State, that's JSU, go Tigers. And uh, when he went, his first game was the uh, the first red out that we did when we played A and M. And he always saw the boom on TV, but when he saw him in person, he was like frozen, like like if I would have met Michael Jordan type like frozen. He was frozen, like they really there. So uh, it's, it's a family legacy that all all three of us and all of our colleagues and counterparts, we said in early, man.
1: All right, good stuff, fellas. Some, some amazing stories, and you guys are true, true Tigers, and we appreciate you for starting the 1400 Club. So let's get into it. How exactly uh, did it get started? And, and first and foremost, what is the 1400 Club for those of us who, who are not quite familiar with it? Uh, said I'll start with you.
3: Uh man, uh, cool story. The 1400 Club, even though – uh, some people like to deem us as the, the founders, but I would say it's a group of us that uh, was all in college together, all hanging out in, in the States and we just always kicked it and talked about Jackson State and just was fans of Jackson State, uh, athletes, boom, uh, former boomers, and everything. But essentially, the 1400 Club just simply started by uh, during a time uh, I think we had a beat writer. His name was Ross Dillinger. He ended up leaving at Clarion Ledger. so at that point. We got to a point where we didn't have anything talking about Jackson State. It was kind of dead. And then at that time, too, I just started actually working at the university. I used to work at Jackson State. So uh, Greg just always hit me up like, man, what's going on on campus? Did you see anything? What's what's happening? What's
4: (laughs) what's going on?
3: And we were all – and we are all, even though we love – we went to Jackson State, love Jackson State, but we were fans of, like, our professional teams, our our professional baseball, NBA teams – So since we are sports heads, we used to always go to their blogs and look at what's going on, and we say, you know what, bruh, why we don't have something like this for Jackson State? Then we kind of looked around. We noticed no other HBCUs had that. I mean, they had, like, SWAC forms and uh, SWAC pages, but nothing geared towards their school. So it was like, you know what, let's start one. And then we was trying to think of something unique, like, we didn't want it to be the the Tiger Room or the Tiger Page. like we And I think that kind of set our foundation. We wanted to start from an early point. We want something distinctively that if you're Jacksonian, it's almost like you know, if you know, you know. So every Jacksonian know 1400 J.R. Lynch Street. All right, so we didn't want it that to be that long, but it's like 1400. We kicking it. It was like a club. We had something like, bam, 1400 Club. And that's kind of how we got the name. So it really just started off. As just a forum for Jacksonians, that's why I used to use the tagline "For Jacksonians, by Jacksonians." It started off as a forum for people to come and talk about Jackson say stuff. Uh, if he know what's going on, you kind of dropped it in, and that's how that's really how it started. And um, and I credit Greg and Dad because they had the vision at that time. Yeah, let's do this. Let's talk. And but it could be pre a lot more. So I I would definitely kind of yield the rest to them. But it really started off as a form just for us to kick it and talk about Jackson State stuff, and then it, it just kind of grew from there.
1: All right, and I know uh, there's been talk about the 1400 Club uh, being an official affinity group. So uh, what what is that? Where are you in that process, and and what does that entail? So the next this is sad, talking
2: – The next meeting officially for. Uh, the GSU NAA, we will become an official affinity group of the university. So we've got all the paperwork signed, sealed, and delivered. Everything is official. Um, so just the next meeting that they will have, accordingly, uh, it will probably be on uh, Zoom So uh, because of COVID-19. But we are an official affinity group of the university.
1: All right. what was, What was the process like for you guys becoming an affinity group? So it was.
2: I would say this this process is actually started a couple of years ago. <laughs> and Greg and I, we we were going back and forth, like, why, you know, why is it taking this long? And you know, what's what's going on with the with the just the the barriers that we're coming up against. The first thing is, you know, the university as well as the alumni association I wanted to understand. Well, you know, first, what have you all have done? What's your intention? And mm-hmm. why can't this fall just as a subcategory of one of the other mm-hmm. groups that have already been established? And, you know, we kind of laid out the, the foundation on, well, this is this is why we want to make sure that we have the 1400 Club and This is what we've done that you might not be made aware of. you probably seen the mm-hmm. things but didn't understand that, you know, this is what we uh, kind of brought to the table. And after those couple months, and, and I would say probably – two years or so going back and forth. And then there was a period where the university was actually looking at abolishing all affinity groups and just having, you know, just one pre- one premier group. Uh, but, you know, all of, the com- all of the committees got together and said, you know, we, we want to have some individuality there, so we're going to continue to have the affinity groups, and that's where we're at today. So uh, hmm. it will be a 2020 situation hmm. where we are official, but as you know, with, with uh, different things that we've come across and initiatives that we've uh, had, you know, we've been doing things uh, for quite some time.
3: And to kind of piggyback off of that, and you got to remember, at by this point when the Infinity Group started talking, we have grown from a, just a blog to now having a strong presence on social media and just being transparent because I know a lot of people kind of know it's for our social media. But the social media started to try to get people to go to the blog. That's what it that's what it really was. It was more so, yeah, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, but go to the blog. So then we right. started getting creative and doing different things. So at that point, we were you had Greg and Greg working on, hey man, let's 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 be more impactful. you had me and some of my creative partners, like, man, we just want to make it cool to drive people. So you had all this stuff going on. And at that point, you know, a lot of some of those officials just say, Hey. I just see y'all doing cool stuff on social media. Why y'all want to be in Infinity Group? But that's why I really credit Greg and Thad for just having that vision to kind of give us like an all-inclusive type feel. And man, and we 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 today having a podcast talking to you guys. So that just lets you know how how it's been rolling, man.
2: No doubt about and just, it.
4: And, and just keep in mind, I'm I gotta say this: Cedric Walker is behind the Instagram. Like he oh, don't does
3: it. Don't put
4: it. all that on me, man. Put- he he he. I'm, he does it because me and Thad we don't we don't touch it. Like so he's like, hey, this is my thing, and we're like, okay, go for it. Like he is he is a social media branding guru. Like we trust him with everything that that pushed out with the group. So he is the main person responsible for everything that the masses see on a day to day basis.
2: And, Cedric, you do a tremendous job, especially with the social media uh, aspect of the 1400 Club. I uh, wanted to say kudos to you. Greg, you know, me and you, we, we've had a long exhaustive uh, conversations about this white helmet, uh, and you kind of spearheaded <laughs> that helmet drive. Talk a little bit about how uh, the, that helmet, uh, the white helmet, kind of came about. And i tell you what, uh, we got a chance. They debuted they, they them at the Swag Me a Challenge. It looked phenomenal. But talk a little bit about that
4: that the spearhead and that drive. So actually we started we started designing helmets in twenty fourteen. We worked with me and Thad and said, we worked with the previous equipment guy, Joseph Shaw, and we designed the helmets with the numbers on the side of them. They had the numbers on the side of them and a block on the other side in 2014. Then in twenty fifteen they had the chrome tiger they had the chrome tiger stripes going down the center. With the Chrome the Chrome JSU block, and they had matted helmets. So we actually been working for a while, but we said, hey, we need to create our own. We need an alternate helmet because again, we see other schools, other universities with more more equipment than we do, and that's always been our thing. We want to give to the university. We want to be want to have things tangible that people can see that people can get behind. So so I work with said and Aaron. And Thompson and and we looked through the archives of Jackson State helmets and things like that and we, and we were like, okay, how can we get something old but new and bring it into 2019? So so we created the helmet, the white helmet with the red stripe with the with the blue on each side and the white jazz shoe, and we was like, This is hot. So once we presented that idea to, to our A. D. Ashley Robinson, he was like, hey, if you can get the money, we'll go for it. So actually the initial the initial funding came from the members of the 1400 Club. We had some members give $200, $500, $1,000. That initial mm-hmm. drive came from us. So we mm-hmm. had about 20, 20 members give money. And once we presented that money to Ashley, he was like, okay, this is for real. So once he said that – it was like, all right, I'm I'm fully behind it, and we just went forward. And I think that fans fans want something they can gravitate to. And that's that's what we feel like we can do. We we always want to look our best. Um, we have a difference of opinion of how we looked over the years. So that's why I feel like it's our job as the fourteen hundred club to to bring back a standard look for Jackson State University for all athletics. We want to be the group who spearheads that. And we want to be the group who helps bring the fans together to galvanize, galvanize the troops, get the money out there. And we want to look good point blank period. Mm -hmm. We want Jackson state university athletics to look like a first class athletic organization and under the direction of Ashley Robinson and giving, and with him giving us his blessing, I feel that we're on the right path to do that.
1: Greg, great job with that helmet drive. I know you were very passionate about it and, and hands-on throughout that entire process. And we had Coach Hendrick on the show earlier this year, and I thanked him for coming on and told him I'd love for him to come back on the show again in the future. And he said he'd do anything for the 1400 Club, and he just I uh, referred back to those helmets and, and thanked me for what we did to, you know, to put that together and, and get those helmets done. And he was so appreciative of it, and uh, that all goes back to you because I know you were just, uh, like I said, hands-on, and you played a big role in that. So great job. Kudos to you. Uh, keep up the great work, and I know you and I have also talked about uniforms as well. So, uh,
4: where are we with that? Is there anything in the works for uh, new uniforms? So, we're currently working with Troy right now um, for the 2021 season. We will be we will be helping design the new uniforms for that year, um, and we want to have something that's traditional, something that's classy, something that that can take fans to to the glory years of Jack State. I will say. Um, we want the fans to to see this uniform, to see the uniforms that they will have, and we want them to be able to look at those uniforms for the next 10, 10, 15 years, um, see, see that in the Celebration Bowl, the Swag Champions, and we want the fans to be proud of it. So that's what we're working on with Troy right now. That's
2: awesome. Dad, let me ask you, what are some of the past donations or contributions uh, that the 1400 club has been a part of. So, um, when you, when you think about our past donations, we, we would always start in the summer and and talk with, you know, he, Greg mentioned Joseph Shaw past equipment manager. He said, look guys, we, you know, we, our budget is cut another, you know, another year. What can y'all help us with? You know, whether it's compression shirts, hats, gloves, uh, I'm not sure if you all remember a couple of years ago you started seeing some of the players with red gloves, and that was that was mm-hmm. 1,400 club. Uh, we've, we've had a bunch of items like mouthpieces and things that helped, you know, offset the budget where, you know, those were cut. And not to mention just monetarily, uh, you know, the members of the, of the organization always uh, give back to the university, especially athletics. And that was the thing that we wanted to say, you know, there there are other groups that do that on campus and, and alums, but where do the younger generation, how do we get them more involved? You know, the ones that have graduated 5, 10, 15 years ago, how do we make sure that they see things that they can say, okay, well, I gave, you know, 250 or 500 or or $1,000, but where did it go to? Um, and before this administration we have now, you know, there was always a question. It's, it's a question every day on from, from HBCUs how how do how do they manage the the funding that comes in? And we wanted to say, hey, we want our key initiative is tangible gifts. So that's why the helmet drive was so impactful because it showcased on a larger scale what we've been doing for five, ten years. It just was never publicized on on that on that type of platform. So when you think about things that we've given not just to athletics but um, you know, for the boom, you know, we've outfitted the boom with, with donations, monetarily, as well as t shirts. Um we we just we try to give back for where there's a where there's a gap. You know, we've got a gap firm with the development foundation, so there's gaps in athletics and that where that gap is, you normally see with fourteen hundred club kind of make sure that everything stays afloat. But why is it important to, to to fill in that gap, especially when uh, you you see a, a tangible need uh, uh, for a Jackson State or Jackson State Athletics or or whatever the case might be? Um, you know, what is it that sparked within you to fill that gap? No, you know everything you know that that we're taught is learned behavior. So I know my mom, you know, she always used to tell me, hey, when, if you have a chance, any time to to give back. Not only to your church, but to to Jackson State, please do it because you got you got kids uh, and students that that have not had those same opportunities that you do. So when they see that, when that player or that or just that just regular student sees individuals like us give back to the university, that instills in them to turn around and do that favor once they graduate. You know, when you when you graduate from the university, I remember we we stood up in 2007 and said, "Hey, we will be active." alumni, wherever we may go. And so that was the vibe that we took on that day when we, you know, received our degree. And that's something that, that I've made sure that my family, you know, continues to do because you don't know how much impact it will have on a kid when they just say, thank you. Thank you for doing this. I, a lot of people doubted this whole helmet campaign. You know, oh, yeah. When <laughs> a lot of people. They, they're not a lot A lot. <laughs> Mm-hmm, yeah. So, and that really, it, that really changed mm-hmm. the the corner.
3: And one thing that made, and I think one thing that really made that campaign so unique, is that no matter if you gave one dollar, if you gave fourteen dollars, if you gave eighteen dollars and seventy seven cents, whatever you did, you feel a part of that. So now every time that you see that white helmet, you can say to yourself, "I did that." Now you can mm-hmm. tell your little cousin Pookie Ray Ray. You see that helmet they wore back in two thousand and nineteen in Atlanta. I, your uncle mm-hmm. did that, and <laughs> that's and that's what builds camaraderie. And and I think we 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 just want people to know that no matter where you at in life, if you're the five thousand five dollar donor to the five thousand dollar donor. We want you to know that at 1400 Club, it's a place for you. But in general, it's a place for you in Jackson State. And you think about the history mm-hmm. of our school, of our HBCU, everybody had a fair chance and an opportunity to be great. And we want that the same thing with with, it, with all our people. And I think that's what kind of make that campaign. I think that's kind of what makes us unique, man. That's
1: awesome. All right, those, those are some awesome initiatives, guys. Great job. Uh, but what about currently and going forward? Are there any uh, initiatives that we should know about?
4: Um, well, currently we have been in talks saying that we want to we want to have, like, a study hall slash players lounge for for the athletes who are at Jackson State University. So that is something that we have thrown around. And we also want to give our football team, as well as our baseball team, the track team, softball team, because they can use this as well, we want to have artificial turf for those sports. We want an area where they can go and that they can practice on top-of-the-notch turf and, and they can feel comfortable, whether it be rain, sleep, snow, whatever, that we want them to be able to go there and be able to practice on, on top-notch turf instead of having to go to high schools here around the area or go anywhere else they can be right at home at Jack State University. Along with the study hall, we think that that is a great area for for our players to just, just relax, um, take their classwork, just, just to get away from it all. We want those things for Jack State University, and that's something that we have thrown around as a group, and we're going to see where that goes in the near future. Yeah, I would echo those
2: comments from Greg, you know, we're. With- we're not only doing that, but we're you know fully supporting the AD's Club. Uh, it's a new initiative. VP AD Robinson has launched in 2020. Um, but you know our our goal right now is to make sure we get we get the facilities up up and running to a you know Power Five standard. You know we we always consider ourselves the number one HBCU, so we want to make sure that our facilities look like that. And I think you know we've got some we've got some good projects that we're you know, honing honing in on and making sure that we uh, collaborate with the university wherever they see fit, that we can help out. And, and it's so, so
3: amazing. amazing. I'm sorry. It's so amazing, too, because I I kid you not, man, Charles and Corey, it's not a day go by that we are talking about what we can do for, for JSU, for athletics. It's mm-hmm. some stuff we can't even just really talk about yet because it's from, from meeting to other – folks from other individuals, other institutions, other organizations. Like it's not a day go by that we are constantly talking about new things and initiatives to try to push the bubble because we, we kind of feel like we had this momentum and we just can't stop. And as long as you keep feeding the fans and our supporters with different initiatives, uh, it's, it's going to be amazing. But I can say that it's not a day go by. where We're really not working on something behind the scenes for the betterment of not only JSU athletics, but the university and a whole. And,
2: and, you know, to follow up on that point, uh, Cedric, and I wanted to ask this question uh, in terms of uh, that that momentum. And, and, and one of the questions I wanted to ask is what would you say uh, to those fans who are skeptical about donating because uh, they're unsure, you know, where their money is going. And we, we, you know, we, through the years we've kind of heard, You know, this this sort of sentiment that fans kind of can get a little uneasy, especially in terms of donating to uh, the cause. But
1: uh, talk to us a little bit about how important it is uh, to uh, allay those fears.
2: I would say that, you know, the first thing is, you know, you you, you always put money in when you invest. You know, everyone invests money, their personal funds, and you always want to see something grow. What you know? What is it going to come up to? When I when I graduated, when we all graduated in two thousand seven and eight. The campus has changed, and you you can't just think that Jackson State is going to be just a fully funded university. We as HBCU alums have to understand that we have got to always give back. We've got to we've got to trust that the money will be used wisely, and we and when you you can see where your money is going. It's, I I know now. With with VP Robinson in, in place, I can see where the money is going. I can see things that, you know, the vision of athletics, the problems athletics didn't have back when we were in school that they they have now that we take that we take for granted. You, know, you think about an equi- just for an example. We got four four NFL Hall of Famers. Now we have an equipment truck that showcases those four NFL Hall of Famers wherever we travel. Regardless of what state and city, that's that's marketing. That's money that we've that we've donated to in order for the university to to have assets that they should already be, be looking to. You know, I, I think about the uh, you know we always kind of hone in on the helmet campaign, but that's real. That I mean, when we walked into the stadium and you saw those kids with those helmets on, wow! My money that I that I donated to the university help pay for those. You know, when you when you think about different different things that, you know, when you think about when they go out to uh, travel, all of that costs. That costs a lot of money. And you know, I know it, it costs for us to go to, to games, but it costs the university even more to spend just to even get there. So we, we just have to make sure that we understand that you know, the university is going to be great stewards with the money and that we, we trust, we trust the individuals that are in charge. No doubt about it. All
1: right. And I said, I have a question for you. It's been said that the 1400 club is the voice of the up and coming TSU alumni. So I want to know, do you agree with that? And if so, how so?
3: Well, I, I definitely agree. Um, I and, and, I would have to say that the, the data speaks for itself. When you take a look at our, our social media um, out, outlets and platforms, the average age of most of our, our engagement and most of our followers are between the ages of 25 and 34. Now think about this. What's the average age traditionally when you kind of graduate from college? You're usually around that age, so the, so the data speaks for itself. And I think that's a, a key point because the good thing about it is it's been so many times where we we get a random email, a random DM about, man, this is dope, this is cool, I like this, how can I be a part? It got sometimes it got to the point where a lot of times we have supporters fielding us traditional questions that, you know, maybe that's a question for the university. So we have, we see individuals coming to us for that data and support. And when you see the interactions, when you see the impressions, when you see that majority of our followers are in the top four markets where alumni is located, Atlanta, Houston, Memphis, Dallas, that's where we have some of our strongest alumni chapter. And when we look at our Mm -hmm. data, we look at our impressions, we see that that's where we get a lot of our interactions from. So in terms, it kind of shows to us that, okay, we have an audience, we have, we have a market, uh, we noticed that um, almost close to 43% of our, our followers are females and the rest are males, so we are really hit, and when you look at the data and statistics for the university as far as population, it kind of correlates, uh, correlates with what we already have, so it the, the data and the numbers speaks for itself. And one cool thing is one of the coolest things that really just kind of stuck out to me uh, for for me living in Atlanta, I'm in a in a, in a place where it's a lot of loans from different HBCUs, and you know we all kind of experience this when something funny or something cool when you see something you kind of send it to your friends. One of the coolest things for me, especially in my wife, she went to another HBCU. The coolest thing for me is it, it, it something we a post probably like a week or so ago. It recycles. And I have a random alum for another HBU. to was like, man, look at this. This is cool what y'all did at Jackson State. Or my wife's like, man, look at this, babe. And I'm like, yeah, we did that. And when you kind of look at the, the transition and how it kind of flowed back to us, you see you see the, the, the age bracket. You see where it kind of came from. So they just give you an idea. And I think that's a cool thing because so many times, back to what Dad said and everyone said about our campaigns, so many times when you used to hear about those initiatives, the first thing you do, you think about, oh, that's something for the older lawns. They're asking to donate money. I don't have $10,000. I don't have that. But we help or we foster, we open our arms to anyone, to anyone, as long as you have any type of affiliation with Jackson State. And when you look at the data, when you look at the numbers, when you look how things circulate back to us, it, it speaks for itself.
2: No doubt about it. Now, you know, Greg, we can't talk about Jackson State athletics without talking about uh, one of those uh, pieces that comes along with Jackson State Athletics, and that's the relationship with the Sonic Boom. So I wanted to ask, you know, does the 1400 Club have a a relationship with the Sonic Boom of the South? And if so, talk about
4: their relationship. Well, I was a member of the Sonic Boom of the South and was blessed enough to become a drum major for the Sonic Boom of the South at one point in time. Um, So the majority of us started – Well, the Fortune Hunter Club, the majority of us started in the boom. And then we have some – all of us are in the college of business. So that's – we all are college of business uh, graduates. So the relationship with the boom came in because we was like, hey, if we're going to do something for athletics, we got to do something for the boom as well. So we've given them T-shirts, hats. um, They've gotten windsuits per per Thad and Reed Enterprise. um, And – and I, myself, every year I give the, the drum major's um, as well as other sections. You know, we just try to help out. So that's the relationship that we have. And we have a great working relationship with Dr. Little and um, Mr. Kevin Johnson and Mr. Lowell Hollinger. Like, so at any point in time, they, they know that they can call us. And if they need anything, well, it could be lunch. Um because feeding three hundred plus students that costs that costs a lot of money. Um, I know in Memphis it can cost them like two to three thousand dollars just just so they can have something to eat and and we try to help out as as many ways as we can so so we we try to have that good working relationship with them and just to make sure that they're satisfied and that they're well taken care of as well.
3: And when you also, too, to piggyback on that, going back to just the creative side, uh, even though Greg and Dad gave me kudos, I can't take all the kudos for that. I'm just the type of person that I have an ideas and I share with our creative team and I hit send. But to piggyback on the boom, I remember we did a campaign where we did a mashup Friday, where we took some of the classic, the boom classic tunes and mashing up to the original song. And that went off the meter. So not only did they increase engagement just for the 1400 Club, but they also increased engagement for the Boom. Then you have people going back to the Boom website. You had high school students sending us, asking us information like who do I contact about auditioning. I wish I could show you our DMs or uh, how many questions I get. Hey, man, I could play ball. Who I need to talk to. Hey, man, I play such and such. I want to dance. Who I need to talk to. And it just And mm-hmm. then as soon as we get that information, we just pass it right along. So um, I, I think with the – it's just what we're doing is just an effort just to help everybody at the university, and it's just so amazing how it's kind of just sprinkled on different departments. We're bringing in different people. We're bringing in different just creative people to help us. We actually had – in the past, we had current students to kind of help us with creating content. Like we're really just a place almost like an incubator just to, for the betterment of Jackson State University.
2: No doubt about it. Uh, Shout-out to the Charles of Moore School of Business. Sounds like we all were listening in class. You guys are on top of the branding
3: part. There it
4: is. There it is. We ain't had no choice. There
1: you go. Uh, Greg, earlier you were talking about uh, how such a great job Cedric does with the social media and the content creation, which which I agree. But I want to know, and I guess this question is directly for you, Cedric, what has been the 1,400 club's hand in JSU's improved branding in recent years? Because it's been very noticeable. And why do you think branding the university in a better light is so important? I
3: would say this, and Greg, Greg I appreciate beat this over the face to Greg and me and I, my creative team. It's nothing like telling your story. Telling your story. And I think that's that is really JSU brand. JSU is JSU brand. When you dig through the history and just see some of the amazing things that happened at the university, uh, the number of SWAC championships, what Coach Peyton did with the golf team, our baseball team, knowing back that that, that Russell Wilson's grandfather was at Jackson State University, knowing that we have uh, that we sent the most players out of all of the SWAC HBCU to be drafted, not only in the in, in the NBA, so just telling our story, I think that's that's one thing. Uh, uh, I'm really big into just continuity and consistency. Uh, I would say this, uh, prior to 1400 Club really taking off, Jackson State, just being transparent, we didn't have the strongest social media brand. It was kind of something that's kind of tweeting them with. So we just started pushing stuff. And then we we took it back to the roots, man. If you know a lot of our content, we kind of just stayed true to what we know as Jackson State. Greg said it growing up. They're rich, deep navy blue. They're pure white. And that little speck, that little speck of red. So you know a lot of stuff we did, we kind of stepped with that as far as just the look of it. And then as far as the content, we stayed true to facts. We stayed true to our history. Uh, one great example of that, as you guys can remember, which was popping off pretty well, back in 2018 when we went into the Soul Bowl, we decided, hey, let's have a little fun. It's us and Alcorn. That that, that other school, is us and Alcorn. And so we decided, <laughs> you know what? We're just going to drop facts. We don't have to make jokes. We don't have to make up memes. Like, we just gave you facts. We told you that we had more swag championships. We showed you that we had more people in the Pro Bowl, went to the Pro Bowl. We showed you we had more Hall of Famers. So now that you fast forward to what you see with Jackson State, now you have seen that. you seeing those bright, rich colors stand true to our true colors. Uh, kudos to what Denny and all those guys are doing over there with, with sports information. You see them hitting you with the hard facts. We letting you know I love the fact I think we all love the fact how they did the countdown of some of the greatest sports moments that happened in the academic year. And those are pure facts. Oh, we didn't awesome. have to make up it we didn't have to make up anything. We didn't have to alter pitches like this is pure facts. We did that. So and when you see that with the university, so I'm seeing that and also we we discovered that let's be honest, people love creative cool stuff. So just being able to chop up videos, do highlight stuff. It is the I think the coolest thing is when you see people reposting and sharing your stuff. So I think what we decided to do with our brand is just staying true to those those true rich colors, but also being true to just facts and data. Because I see a lot of it, even with the university how we talk about how we have our our Rhodes scholars, how we talk about our graduation rates, and those are some of the things that we just stay true to. Just just being true to who we are and just really, really telling our story.
2: That's, that's tremendous. I like that. You, you know, Greg, we can't close out this podcast with, without asking. Uh, you know, wh- why is this 1400 Club, why does it spell with that K, man? What, what, what's going on with that?
4: <laughs> Honestly, the, <laughs> K, the K is flashy. Um, mm-hmm. No one remembers club with a C. But club with a K? You'd be like, oh, okay, that's cool right there. I like that. It has nothing to do with any any fraternity affiliation or anything like that. It's just flashy. And when you see 14K, you're like, oh, okay, I know what that is. I know what that is. All,
2: the, all part of more branding, huh?
4: Yeah, right. Branding. All branding. Yeah, this is, it's, it uh, even goes back to,
2: you think about Jack State's history. Now, we all grew up on campus, and what what was on campus that youngsters had a chance to to uh, to go to during the summer? Kids' college, kids' college mm-hmm. was was spelled with what? A with K-K. a K, yeah. So,
4: mm-hmm. I mean,
2: so I mean, you know, it's, it's it's you know just building on tradition and you know blazing new trails, as I would say, what we're doing.
4: But <laughs> uh oh,
3: <laughs> more branding,
2: more branding, more <laughs> more, branding. more branding, more branding. Exactly.
3: I would say this, man. Everything that we do, I would tell this, and I want everybody to kind of think get this. Everything that we do, it's a meaning behind it. It's just not we're just pushing stuff just because it looked cool, but it's a meaning behind it. Everything that the 1400 Club does, if you was to ask anybody that's affiliated or even touch it, they'd be like, oh, okay. Uh, point of case, when you think about our first brand, it was the 1400 Club with the street sign. So we wanted to explain to you that 1400 they are Lynch Street. But, again, mm-hmm. if you know, you know. And all that just kept building on each other. And, um, like I said, it's, I, I know it's three of us on this call, but if you just know the hands and the support of the people that's just been behind this movement, man, even with you guys, that it's its just its just not us. I would not say that. it's just not us, man. It's its a group of folks at the end of the day. Greg can tell you this, Dad, and Corden Charles. It's just a group of folks at the end of the day, man. We just love Jackson State. Uh hey, we really gonna, we gonna. really we love it, man. Hey, I gotta say this. Nuenzo
4: Phillips and Ken Clark, they they are at me all the time over these uniforms. So don't just think it's just me. <laughs> <laughs> they are at my head saying, Hey Greg, what about this? What about this? What about this? Mm-hmm. I've mm-hmm. we I've even asked Denny what did he think about some things. So it's it's a collective effort. Like we are Yeah. It's it's a lot of us pushing this, yeah.
2: Yeah, shout out, to, shout out to Brian. Shout out to Brian Easley and and Aaron most Bryan, definitely you know, graphics
4: too.
2: Those yes. those are the ones who you know dedicated time and effort on making sure the graphics are at 10 10. Yeah, definitely. Brian
4: and and it's, a, it's a it's a lot. It's Creative a lot, you know,
2: it's, it's,
1: Right.
2: It's a lot of other you know. We'll, we'll be here for a while if we named everyone, but we appreciate everybody that's that's got on the. On, uh, on board with this, with this, you know, official affinity group
1: now. So, all right, good stuff. Great job, fellas. Keep up the, the amazing work. Uh, we appreciate job, you coming man. on, but uh, before we let you go, uh, let the fans know which I'm pretty sure everyone listening to this show already knows this, but just in case, let the Tiger fans know where they can find the 1400 Club on social media,
3: man. Everywhere we're on YouTube, the 1400 Club. You'll find us, We've got a YouTube page. Uh, we on Twitter. At fourteen hundred club, uh, we're on Instagram, fourteen hundred club, and also we're on Facebook. So we're on all outlets. And um, right now, we're just so excited just to, to connect with everyone. Uh, we got some great stuff in store for you guys. Um, I wish I could tell you everything, but you know, good things are worth waiting for. And uh, and but before we go, but before we go, I just want to give a shout out to you guys. who are holding down this podcast, I'm like man. Oh yeah,
2: it's, this is ten. Man, is definitely very legit.
3: Awesome. Very legit. Get, leave up. We all about y'all too, man. Get up, get off of us. But man, what you guys are doing <laughs> this podcast? You, you keeping us, you keeping us grounded during this quarantine time with everything JSU. So thank you guys. Thank you. No, no doubt,
2: us. we appreciate it. We appreciate it, no doubt about
1: right it.
3: Right back, right back at you.
1: And we definitely,
3: I know you said there's,
1: you know, some things you can't talk about right now which we understand but that's the beauty of this podcast when you can't talk about it we'll have you back on (laughs) exactly
0: all right so thanks a lot thank you thank you all right well that'll do it for episode 32 of tiger talk with the 1400 club thank you to all of our listeners and again be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast apple users rate and review the show and everyone follow tiger talk with the 1400 club on facebook and tiger talk 1400 on twitter leave a question or a comment while you're at it and we'll be sure to read it on air i can't stress the importance of this enough we're looking to do some big things with this platform to aid the athletics department and it all starts with you downloading subscribing rating and reviewing the show and tell every tiger that you know we're on all podcast outlets apple podcast google podcast spotify and so on and we'll be posting each episode on our facebook and twitter pages as always thank you for your support go tigers hashtag the i love